Hey fellas, it's me, Ted. Um, so things are a little different this week. We are doing a feed drop with Put a Shrimp on it. So instead of our next episode of Barbie Movie Slap, which is going to be Princess and the Pegasus, um, we are going to be posting their fourth and last iteration of their Princess and the Popper series. So um, if you want to check out our episode, go to Put a Shrimp on it on Spotify and it'll be uploaded there. Either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Jason and Philomena are both super fun, and I hope you have fun with them. America's hurting right now, especially Black America. I'm Kay. I host Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. In just the span of a couple of weeks, we lost Ahmaud Arbery. We lost Sean Reed. We lost Breonna Taylor. We lost Tony McDade. And then we get the video with George Floyd getting murdered by police on camera. They were people who are part of our world and our community. My name is David S. Deer, and I am the creator, producer of the audio drama, A Ninth World Journal. You don't have to just be focusing on when we're feeling pain. You can listen to moments of black joy as well and celebrate those moments. That's just as, if not more important. As a black male myself, the murder of George Floyd hits pretty close to home. You should check out podcastsincolor.com. Barry has created an amazing resource of podcasts by really all sorts of people of color, but especially black people. Our shows generally have a harder time getting a grasp outside of our community. You can go to Podchaser. There's a list that says best black slash African-American podcasts. On this Pod Rev Day, we encourage you to listen, review, and share podcasts from black podcasters. For more information about Pod Rev Day, go to podrevday.com. Check out our shows, share it with people, understand, or at least try to get a glimpse into a bit of our perspective, and really help us to heal this painful situation that we're in. It may seem like a small gesture, but it's bigger than I think any of us realize. Thank you. Hey, this is Future Mina, just coming in to welcome the listeners of Barbie Movie Slap to our humble podcast. Uh, please forgive the potato quality of my microphone in this episode. Uh, my good microphone got unplugged halfway through our six-hour recording session, and Jason and I didn't notice until we were done recording. Uh, for the rest of our Princess and the Popper discussion, please feel free to check our feed. Also, um, I'd like to give a small content warning for this episode, as it contains an ongoing discussion of poverty, anti-Semitism, and class disparities within the films, and in our, you know, current real-life realities. Black Lives Matter, and we hope that everyone is taking care of themselves. Thanks so much. Okay, I'm recording. I'm recording too now. Oh, go away now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I want to listen to that episode, by the way. There's gonna be three of them. Oh my god. Yeah, just go. You crazy, crazy kids. Just go. <laughs> You're keeping this in the episode, right? <laughs> I don't know, does Ian want to be in the podcast? <laughs> I'll ask him later. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my And we're back. 
This We're is back. Put a Shrimp on It, the Barbie review podcast that is a girl like you. Welcome to part four of our Barbie as the Princess and the Popper saga. Yeah, that's... God. Remember the Odyssey? That was shorter than this. Remember the Odyssey named for the only man who survived the story? <laughs> only one of us is going to live through this recording, Mina. <laughs> It ain't gonna be me. The Mina C. The Mina C is a better title than the Jason C. Oh. I, well, I want to say it would probably be like something Yasonas, right? Yasonia. Like, it wouldn't be Yasonia. Yeah. Yasonia. That works. Yasonia. 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 That works. I like it. Philomenia. Philo. Oh, uh, I speak Greek and you don't. I swear to God, I'm I'm gonna start learning Greek just to just to. Uh. Well, I dare you to. <sighs> okay, so where we left off was Queen Genevieve and Preminger preparing for the wedding, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to Julian hitting like a, the the rocks with a pickaxe. It cuts to Wolfie. Oh. It cuts to Wolfie digging and Elfe uh, observing the digging. Mm. But yes. So Wolfie and Elfe are working on freeing Serafina and Annalise and Julian, and Erica is working on freeing herself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the guards from Rapunzel. Yeah, and I have okay, I have a few things written down here. One in all caps: mm-hmm. Erica is a bard and casts sleep. Yeah. Underneath that, she also has crafting proficiency because she makes that little hook. With her hair so the dungeon that she's straw. in has like a straw, like a like a piece of wood with straw on it for her to sleep mm-hmm. on. It's her little sleeping pallet. Yes, and she's taken bits of straw, like bales of dry straw, and like woven them together. Uh, sheaves, stalks. Sorry, stalks. you're right. Stalks yeah. of uh, dry straw and woven them together into like a, not exactly a rod, but like a straight cylindrical. A little switch, a switch. And at the end of it, she's attached a hook it's a pin she takes it out of her hair and then she bends i see okay yeah and Mm -hmm. um she uses this makeshift hook to grab the keys off the sleeping guard that she has lulled to sleep with Mm -hmm. her song she's singing if you love me exactly and i have uh written down here nice detail on the armor because the guard's armor has this like yeah, it, it's a reflective piece yeah, of metal. Yeah, it has this dull reflection that armor does. It's not like mm-hmm. 100% clear reflective like a mirror. And also it's got scratches mm-hmm. on it. And like pieces yeah. of like it's some bits, bits of it are damaged, which I thought was very interesting mm-hmm. considering that this guard may not be like a palace guard. He doesn't need to look as presentable mm-hmm. as palace guards. Still, he uses armor that has seen combat or at least some wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Maybe it was from when the dragon was chasing them. <laughs> um, so it cuts back to Hervé and Wolfie, and they make their way into the mine shaft and uncover all of the dirt, and Julian and Annalise see them from Well, they don't below. see them. Wolfie jumps in a hole he digs and breaks through like a yeah. wooden floor above them, and then they see there's a mine shaft and shout at it, but they don't yeah. see Hervé because he's too far up. Yeah. And then they start, Annalise is like, wait, there's a way out that is upwards and there's water gushing into the room? That water is a solid. That is not a liquid. That yeah. is not a rendered liquid. 
with the help of Julian, they start widening like the bits of rock that are leaking water. Now, this is funny to me. This is funny to me because this is very similar to the scene in Disney's Rapunzel. And I think, I mean, everybody in the Barbie fandom kind of freaks out about how Disney stole the plot of Barbie Rapunzel. But I think that Disney also stole this part from Barbie as the Princess and the Popper to put in Barbie, or to put in Disney Rapunzel. I don't remember Tangled well enough to know what you're talking about, but I just remember they nearly drowned at one point. So it's after they leave the tavern. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's that chase scene with Maximus and the guards and they go into like a like a ravine. Yeah. And there's like a cave and the cave is starting to fill with water and Eugene goes under and then Rapunzel starts singing and her hair lights up and they find a way out. Yeah, I I remember that. Yeah. The comedy of the scene uh, exists in a shot where as Julian and Annalisa are starting to widen the breach for the water mm-hmm. to gush in, both Serafina and Wolfie yep. look at each other in shock and disbelief. Yep. Like, are they seriously doing this? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, it's it's simultaneously a cats don't like water gag and a, oh, wow, the humans are crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it cuts to Erica again, who uses, you know, her hairpin and the straw to steal the keys and open the cell door. And she opens it. This was a nice detail. She opens it from the Mm -hmm. inside by like reaching her her hand out and twisting the keys from the outside. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they did that instead of just like cutting to like the door being open already. Mm -hmm. And um, Erica makes a run for it. And as she runs away, the guard wakes up and then cuts back Mm -hmm. to... Oh, and then um, as as she's running, what's the song that plays while she's running away. It's da 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 It's Spreminger's theme, isn't it? Let me it? look. No, 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 it's free. It's free. It's free. Da 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 That's Spreminger's theme. And then it goes da 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 when we see Julian and Annalise in the barrel. So okay. they've combined the two. They've combined Preminger's theme and free together mm-hmm. as a sort of, you know, this is Preminger's... You should be talking about this. Okay, so this is Preminger's, like, generally the the Preminger's theme is, like, evil stuff is happening, and this is Preminger's influence and Erica trying to run away from it, while at the same Mm -hmm. time, Annalise and Julian are trying to escape and be free. So that's where it's like, I close my eyes and see myself like... Like, that's the the thing. Yeah, I get it, yeah. That's the... I noticed that. It's very interesting because I don't remember any other instance in the movie where they joined the two themes together because those are two very different... Oh, yeah. Like, narratively different themes that say completely different things. But they've joined them together very well. Anyway. Yeah. So then it cuts to Julian and Annalise in a barrel floating up with the cats inside. Presumably the cats are scratching their legs off or something. (laughs) Because a cat in a barrel with two other people in the barrel would not be having fun. No, gosh, no. And then, as you pointed out, Erica gets caught by a guard who says he needs to take her to the castle under Queen's orders. Mm Mm-hmm. I wrote here, look, see, Dominic isn't useless. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> yes, this is the one useful thing he does. And then it cuts back to Preminger at the ceremony with mm-hmm. Midas and Nick and Knack. Looking good, Sir Nick. I don't remember what Knack says. Feeling good, Sir Knack. Yeah, and then um, it cuts back to Erica being dragged out of the dungeon by the disguised Dominic. And 
She steps on his mm-hmm. foot. Yeah, she really she really stomps the heck out of his foot. And he's like, I guess I deserved that. He takes off the helmet as she's struggling to get herself free. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's you. To get herself what? <laughs> <laughs> free. Like the song? She's trying to come out of his grasp. Wow, you didn't laugh at the come out joke? Come on, Mina. So I'm gonna stop talking at some point, I promise. No, no, go, go ahead. Okay, so then she's like, oh, it's you. And Prince Dominic's like, I don't believe you, other person Preminger says you are. And then Erica's like, you do love disguises, don't you? Because he really does, like twice in a row. He really does. I think he's a rogue. That's my bet. He's got a really well put together disguise kit. Yeah, I he like does. It. He does. Or like a bard from the College of Whispers. Don't they also do disguise stuff? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they both sing. Oh, I sing. like that a lot. They both sing, Mina. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is D&D with Jason and Mina. So it cuts back to the ceremony, the wedding. We don't know exactly if this is a Christian wedding or what, but there is a religious figure in the chapel. Mm-hmm. So we assume it is a Christian wedding, but we don't know. And I don't I don't remember exactly if there was any, like, crosses or anything. Well, Jason, it was outside. Oh, you mean it wasn't in a church? No, I mean, like, on the priest's person or like on the book he was holding yeah you'd think you'd think he was an officiant in any case Mm. so he says do you take this woman to be your wife and Preminger says how could I refuse and we're like (laughs) there's a laugh track and the theme song plays um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh let's put the Seinfeld music up yeah yeah And then the officiant says, and do you, my queen, take this man to be your husband? And the queen can't really say I do. And as she's like trying to say it, Preminger looks at her angrily like, say it. You have to say it because, you know, I want to be king. Mm -hmm. And then as she's about to say I do, because she summons up the courage to say it, and Lise shouts and is like, screw this noise. And Preminger instantly, as Annalise gets there, he's like, oh, crap. It's her. So he tries uh-huh. a last-ditch attempt at subterfuge and be like, no, sh- she's dead, don't you remember? This is the imposter again. And then Annalise is like, ha, you want to try me? And instantly shows off her birthmark. And at this point, Queen Genevieve has her glasses back. We don't know how she got them back, but she did get them back. So she puts them on and instantly recognizes Annalise as her daughter, goes to hug her. Preminger is soiling his pants at this point. He is not happy at all for this development. He knows what's coming next. Queen Genevieve asks Annalise, where were you? What happened? And Annalise is like, I was kidnapped by Preminger. And Preminger runs away. And at that point, we get like the song, the action song. It's like, da, 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 da. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's part of any song. It's definitely a motif for action, mm-hmm. though. And yeah. um, the queen looks at her advisor with her glasses on and frowns and has an angry stare. And she's like, guards? She summons the guards. This is the, what I mean when I said the mean queen mm-hmm. who will summon the guards to kill people. Mm-hmm. Preminger rides off on a horse, Hervé in particular, because I guess he was, you know, Annalise rode with him here. He was available. Mm-hmm. And uh, both Julian and, and, and Dominic. Dominic. Now, I'm pretty sure Julian is riding marzipan. 
Oh, that's interesting. From the, from the Nutcracker? I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure most of the horses in these movies are the same horse, but just recolored. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely within the realm of possibility. Like, Botticelli, we already know Botticelli was yeah. just marzipan recolored. Yeah. Isn't it funny how Hervé can talk, but none of the other horses can? Yeah, yeah, it is funny. So, you know... Both Dominic and uh, Julian chase after Preminger. Who pretty immediately gets kicked off the horse. Hervé doesn't like the fact that Preminger is shouting at him and like slapping his mm-hmm. bum with a whip. So Hervé just kind of... It's a crop. Yeah, with a crop. Riding crop. And Hervé immediately like turns back and runs into the chapel again and throws Preminger off of his back into like the large dinner table and into the wedding cake. And all I have to say about that is that <laughs> there's like a laugh track of people laughing at Preminger being like stuck on the cake or falling on the cake, but there's no people around to laugh. Like we, it's basically just Preminger yeah. and an empty courtyard and Preminger covered in cake on mm. the table. And I guess all the people are behind the camera laughing, but it's still very surreal. Anyway, another thing that happens yeah. that's interesting is that Nick and Nack also like try to run away at the same time. Yes, and Annalise and Erica sort of... Trip them up. But here's the thing. Trip them up. When Annalise trips up Nick, what happens Mm -hmm. is she says, nice to see you again, because back in the mines, when Mm -hmm. she encountered Nick and Nack for a second time, Nick said, nice to see you again, princess. So... Ah, I didn't even notice that. Exactly. It's a callback to the mine. Annalise is still very salty about that and wants to... (laughs) <laughs> Give him the burn. Anyway, Midas chases around Serafina and Wolfie and loses his tooth mm-hmm. and cries about it. And uh, the guards take away everyone. Take away Preminger, take away Nick and Knack. I wonder if Midas goes to jail. That's what I was thinking about, but I feel like you couldn't really, like, jail the perpetrator's puppy however aggressive (laughs) like can you imagine if someone does a crime and the police go into your house and shoot your dog like i mean that does happen in real life jason yeah but not as a standard procedure no no anyway and elise hugs the queen and um she tells her hey so i love julian and the queen's Mm -hmm. like well i want you to be happy but we you know duty comes first we need to save our kingdom and then elise is like well about saving the kingdom i found something very interesting in the mine (laughs) which i flooded by the way fun fact by the way mom uh the mine is full of water yeah i don't know Uh, (laughs) sorry about that fam it's gonna take a long time to fix that and i don't know how i don't remember the chemistry of how water interacts with geodes but i can't imagine it has a positive effect on their growth or structure so you know Hmm. i don't know if that was good (laughs) no wait but geodes are full of water isn't that a whole thing are they yes are geodes full of water? Yes. Before you open them up, they're full of there's water. There's liquid how the... in them, but it's not just water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, of course it's not just oh, okay. water. It's also like the sediment and like the ooze, the gem ooze. <laughs> the gem ooze? Yes. I don't know what the technical term is. I mean, I, I don't know that there is one, but the, actually there probably is one. This is science. So as uh, Annalise says... Uh, that she found something very interesting in the mine. Uh, we cut to King Dominic and Erica. Mm-hmm. As Erica is about to ride off into the sunset, mm-hmm. King Dominic says, I can't convince you to stay. And under what he is saying, the free theme is playing. 
Erica is talking to Dominic about, you know, all my life I've dreamed of being free and like the music playing under Mm -hmm. that is, you know, it's just... It's just a very good moment, Jason. It's just a very good moment. All throughout that scene, I was thinking, that's the best kind of way for, like, the movie to set up Mm -hmm. people being able to, like, have a D&D character that's basically Erica. Because, like, that's her backstory. She was in a kingdom, she held a princess, and then she went to see the world because she was, like, stuck forever in that town. Mm -hmm. Basically, I want to create a bard that's like Erica and has a connection (laughs) to a princess. Maybe a romantic connection to the princess. <laughs> we did the ooh at the same time. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so Dominic gives Erica the wedding. Well, tries to give Erica the wedding ring, but she says no. And then Kelly Sheridan as Barbie pipes in with some narration. But, you know, FYI, Erica does take the ring. It's Wait, just the... what? Yeah, Dominic says, keep it. It's yours. And she takes it. But she's like, okay, but we're not married. But she's still... Oh, for some reason I thought she... Look didn't... at the dialogue. Oh, okay, yeah. He does put it on her. I just... I don't know. Maybe I... Maybe I was hallucinating. Blacked out. <laughs> okay, I, I blacked out. Well, Dominic put the ring on Erica's finger. I just didn't remember that happening. <laughs> so then we get the narration from Kelly Sheridan. So she exposits that uh, the kingdom has recovered financially, uh, that Madame Carp has closed her shop, and that Erica eventually returns to the kingdom with Julian. Not Julian, Dominic. Er, wait, what did I say? I said Julian. You said Julian, it's Dominic. Uh, Madame Carp closes her shop, and Erica returns to the kingdom, realizing that she wants to be with Dominic. Mm-hmm. And then we get more butterflies. Yep. And there's a double wedding. It's very exciting. Technically a triple wedding. Technically a triple wedding because of the cats. Yeah. Though you may not know where your gifts may lead And it may not show at the start When you live your dream You'll find destiny is written in your heart really funny is that this is a duet between Annalise and Erica. It's not a quartet. The boys don't start singing until the chorus happens. Mm -hmm. So it's Annalise singing to Erica, you and I will always be celebrating life together. I know I have found a friend forevermore. Love is like a melody, one that I will always treasure. Courage is the key that opens every door. And so like there's, it's just like beautiful lyrics. It's just wonderful lyrics. And they use the marzipan model again to draw the carriage when they leave. Now, the end of the the very end of the movie, where the song kind of builds into the choral section, mm-hmm. the lyric is, Though you may not know where your gifts may lead, and it may not show at the start, when you live your dream, you'll find that destiny is written in your heart. And the written in your heart there, it ends on a plagal cadence. And you can sort of hear that it's a plagal cadence because the harmony moves down a whole tone at the end. Mm-hmm. And in a plagal cadence, let's say it's on C, you'll have C, F, and A, and then you'll have C, E, and G. So it moves down the tone mm-hmm. there. Now, plagal cadences are often known as the Amen cadence. And so here's, here's an example of what a plagal cadence sounds like.
plagal cadences are often used in Christian church music, in gospel music, uh, as, as an interesting sort of way to end many pieces. And so the end of Written in Your Heart here sort of becomes a prayer which is like really beautiful in my mind. It's sort of like like a prayer for like their hopes and dreams for the future. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? I'm imagining you with Steven Universe eyes right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, just a really beautiful ending to the film. But yeah, Jason, did you listen to the song at the credits? Oh, the last song at the credits? It's like a pop song? Yeah, I completely forgot that song existed. I didn't. I didn't care, honestly. Oh, okay. Did you listen to it? I listened to it while I was watching the credits, but I didn't really have anything to say about it. <laughs> it's just it. a pop song, like, at the end of the movie. Because yeah. early 2000s movies always had a pop song at the end, didn't they? Mm-hmm. That yes. I can recall. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe we just committed film critic faux pas. <laughs> what, what did you think of the bloopers? I thought they were very funny. This is the first Barbie movie that does yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Like, Pixar films used to do that, right? Where they had bloopers mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. As a kid watching that, I was like, wait, all those ants were actors in the Ant <laughs> Said film? Ant's life? Like, all those people were actors? Yeah, yeah, a yeah, bug's life. life. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think it's very funny and very fun. I wonder if the bloopers were improvised or if they were written. I don't know which is which. Oh, I think they were scripted. Yeah, they were definitely scripted. Mm, probably. I'm just thinking, like, the bloopers for Preminger, I didn't think they were funny like i guess it makes sense that an actor would do that if they were playing such a crappy character like just have a time mm-hmm. where they are vain for a long time but i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it was just the actor in the booth just going yeah look how vain i am for five minutes the seraphina ones were probably scripted 100 percent, and uh and the julian one okay any final thoughts, Jason? Oh boy, final thoughts. Are we gonna do the list or are we gonna just <laughs> I have the list uh, up, Okay. Buddy. So one, voice of Barbie. Erica. I like Erica and maybe Bertie. I agree. I agree. Um I think I much preferred Erica. Well, not much preferred. I think that Julie Stevens got a lot more time to shine than Melissa Lyons did in this film. And I think that Erica as a character had really compelling solo mm-hmm. pieces. And also you know. she's just cooler. And yeah, she's the cool one. Daniel the cool and one. the yeah. cooler Daniel. Erica is the cooler Daniel. <laughs> okay, best song. Uh, I have them in order. Do well, you? it's basically all of them. But I have them. Girl Like You, mm-hmm. my favorite one. Three, and mm, then To Be a okay, Princess. Okay, I thought that uh, I thought that How Can I Refuse was on your list. Okay, I really like uh-huh. it, but, but anti-Semitism. Oh, so okay, I get it. I, I didn't want to put it in. I get it. I think my favorite song is actually If You Loved Me For Me. Oh, God, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Look, okay, Mark Luna did such a good job. And Julie Just Stevens. Just going to throw up my both, bin now. They did such good work on that song. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. I loved every minute <laughs> of it. <laughs> and then Girl Like <laughs> You. And then Free. Sorry. For me. Oh, and obviously Written In Your Heart gets an honorable mention. But I think To mm. Be A Princess, it was eh. To Be A Princess, it was a good song. You know, it's not bad, but it was pretty, yeah. And then Cat's Meow. I can't get it out of my head. I so. feel like I feel like Cat's Meow, it wasn't out of nowhere, but it doesn't have the same big metaphorical resonance uh, as the other ones. Like, I mean, obviously it does. It's a good message, yeah. but it's not like, it doesn't have the same weight yeah. as some of the other ones. It's not as integral. Yeah. 
Okay, best dress. None of them. No, really? Mm, I didn't like any of them. I used to really love Erica's dress. Like Erica's popper dress. Eh, I mean, it was all right, but I wasn't, I wasn't wowed by any of the dresses. That's valid. If it's going to be a dress that I put on the list, it's going to be one that really draws my eye. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Okay, cuteness of animal sidekick. Mech. Yeah, kind of meh. Mech. I think Alve was like kind of demonic. <laughs> like he looked <laughs> kind of scary. And then... Hang on, is Ove Nick and Nax or Preminger's animal companion? Yeah. Oh my god. Midas sucks. Yeah, Midas was a creep. And then Wolfie wasn't horrible, but again, I think Wolfie and Serafina are kind of limited in the amount of effort that the team could put into their character models. I'll be honest, Wolfie kind of looks like he's covered in poop all the time. Uh Like, I, I get he's a calico, but, like, it doesn't yeah. look right. It looks like you spread Nutella all over him. Wolfie is a trans cat. Wait, uh, what? Calicos can only be female in the wild. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot. I saw that in the IMDb. <laughs> oh, wow. That's not canon. I, I mean, know. it is canon, but it's not canon. They just The animators just forgot calicos can't be male. Okay, diversity of cast is non-existent. None. Non-existent. None. There's nothing. I mean, there might have been someone in the background, because I did write background here, mm-hmm. but I don't remember watching the film. No, there's no the main characters in this film yeah. that are people of color. It's all, it's white bread. It's white bread all the way down. Oh my god, yeah. Queer coding of villains. Preminger, la 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 la, Preminger yeah. is queer coded and an anti-Semitic stereotype, and that sucks. Preminger is extremely flamboyant. And extremely self-obsessed in a way that, it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty indicative of queer coding at the time. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. eh, potential for sapphic reading. Oh, psh, I have a bunch of ships written down here. <laughs> so Bertie X Erica is ship number one, mm-hmm. and Elise X Erica is ship number two, mm-hmm. and then just Cat's Meow is the third one, just because you can very easily interpret it as a queer anthem, even though it doesn't like specifically oh, pertain like to queerness. Okay, okay, okay. What about you? Jason, as you know, I am a big oh, Annalise Paul. Erica stan. <laughs> uh, I know. I've read the fix. <laughs> I still haven't finished Sapphic November. I should do that. Sapphic September, Jason? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That one is not huge. Okay. Accuracy to original story. Not... I mean... No. None. No. Not really. No. I mean, it's... I guess some elements, like yeah. thematic elements are there, but eh, not really. It sort of picks the bones, you know what I mean? It picks the bones of Prince and the Pauper, but it doesn't really... There's nothing hugely similar about the two of them. Yeah. Moral of the story? Moral moral of the... I was about to say Moirail of the story. God. (laughs) (laughs) Rita, 413 was several days ago. Don't you mean weeks? A month, pretty much. Almost a month at this point. Um, I would say that the morals of this film are pretty good, you know? It's... Be yourself. Don't mm-hmm. give in to peer pressure about what society tells you you should act like. Mm-hmm. And then, like, listen to the your right own internal intuition. You know, do do what you think is right. Some of the less obvious conclusions that one could take from the premise. You know, Divine Right of Kings. There are some things about this movie that are definitely not the greatest moral to take away from it. Royalists are good. Yeah, you know? there's there's some, there's there's some bits about it, but if you're showing it to a kid, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend this film to other yes. normal humans? Okay, good. I would also. Normal. 
well, you know, people who wouldn't necessarily go ham about Barbie movies. So the two of us are out of that list. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a good film to watch. I think there's something in it for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, some of the more, like, lowbrow gags, they get tiresome after a while, especially in today's day and age, especially yeah. the one with Nick dressed as, like... A caricature of a woman but like it's not sexist it's just kind of like remember how people do drag it's just kind of transphobic transphobic homophobic just generally bad mm. yeah it sucks i think that if you can look past some of that and also the general pro rich people message that this film has on account of one of the protagonists being rich yeah i think it's a good film i will say that it's kind of you know the whole thing about the royals in that movie is that they had like a palace with like several objects in it made out of gold in every room and i feel like i kept thinking while watching that is that in order for these people to be rich and have this much wealth accumulated in their chandeliers in their plant pots and their everything the walls themselves everybody else in their town has to be poor yeah. because they've just like, accumulated the wealth instead of you know distributing it to the people that need it mm -hmm. yeah i think that sucks and i think that the movie doesn't really focus on that i think it's more like poverty is bad and we want to stop it, but we're not going to examine why poverty is a persistent phenomenon. Or how exactly the solution would roll out. Or if we have any part in engendering and sustaining poverty or if poverty is a necessary part of our lives because if people aren't poor then we can't be rich because mm -hmm. there's not enough wealth for both of us to be well off or just in general not poor mm -hmm. that's what i don't like about the film <laughs> other than that i would recommend it did we mention this was performed by the london symphony orchestra and the czech philharmonic chamber orchestra in the i first don't think episode? we've talked about this no yeah well it's performed by the london symphony orchestra and the czech philharmonic chamber orchestra and the music was composed by megan cavallari amy powers rob hudnut and arnie roth well, we did talk about this a little bit. We did talk about this. Basically, the original songs are, mm -hmm. you know, by Megan Cavallari. Amy Powers did the lyrics for those. Rob Hudnut also did some lyrics. Yeah, Rob Hudnut also did some lyrics. And Arnie Roth, I guess, wrote the rest of the music. Yeah, like Arnie the Roth action did the song. Score. Yeah, the score. And he conducted the orchestras. Mm -hmm. Is there any Barbie film that doesn't have Arnie Roth's influence in its musical score? At least one of them must have somebody else. But I know that for the next little while, it's going to be Arnie Roth all the way down. That's fine. He's a good nut. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't actually know the man. All right, Jason. Any final, final thoughts? Well, final thoughts. Capitalism sucks. <laughs> Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Stay six feet away from each other. Two meters for those mm -hmm. that use logical proper metric systems. Mm. I don't know. Be careful. Wash your hands. Eat Vote lots of Democrat. good food. Eat Love lots of good family. food. Love your family. Um, Vote for don't the NDP. Die. Yeah. Vote for the people who aren't evil. I don't know what else. Don't vote for the tigers eating people's faces party. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs> or day, or evening, or afternoon. Uh, this has been Put a Shrimp on It. The Barbie podcast that is a girl like you. All right, Aqua, take us out. Yeah. In the Barbie world, life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere.
Bonnie. <laughs>